For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi joined by Tony Dick, and we are Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V podcast you can also find us at browns believe that's at browns b-l-e-a-v and we had some people mention the dogs barking in the background on the last episode hey guess what folks it's a browns podcast it was just the dog pound and guess what they might bark again this week because they're sitting right next to me because i'm recording from a patio so if you hear some ambient noise as well birds frogs i don't know deal with it it's okay. Um, so, Tony, this week, 
We're going to talk a little bit. We mentioned training camp last week now with Ohio and several other states. The majority of states opening back up. Uh, Will training camp maybe have some fans now? We talked a little bit last week about maybe not. And then we'll talk about what teams may or may not benefit or what types of teams may or may not benefit from the extended layoff of not being able to do OTAs, not being able to do mini camps. And I think we'll start with that. Which teams, what type of teams do you think are going to benefit from the layoff? I hear all the nonsense about, hey, it's it's every single team that has some veterans is going to benefit. Me, I'm thinking, hey, man, if you got a kid that's under the age of seven, there is no way you are getting in the work that you were getting in before, especially if you have a newborn. There is no way you are getting out of dealing with all the daddy stuff that comes down with all of that, it's going to come down to the guys that are able to grind it out, able to put some of that stuff behind them. That's not always veterans. And guys, when they get into camp, that are just going to be physically able to get up to speed quicker, to me, that may lend itself to younger teams maybe performing a little better earlier in the season. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I I feel the same. I I think... I feel the same way because I, I think really, you know, the key is, and if we look at the, the past couple seasons um, that the Browns have had, you know, one of the, the keys for teams is getting out of the gate hot. And I, I the teams that I see that are going to be able to take advantage of this are going to be <laughs> the veteran teams who, you know, they know the playbook. They, you know, they've kind of been through the routine. I mean, you know, I, I go back to even like, Oh, well, I guess we'll have to go back to last year because I can't use this year as an example. But a guy <laughs> like Tom Brady, I'm sure Tom Brady just steps into camp. Like he kind of knows what's going on already. They have an idea. Well, but but Tony's got to learn a new playbook. You know, the greatest quarterback in history. It's going to take him six years to learn a new playbook. Yeah, well, it, it'll take him a while to get adjusted to his guys. But I think those veteran teams that are out there, um, they're they're going to have an advantage. And the longer this gets pushed back, you know, we, a couple weeks ago we went through the, uh, you know, our schedule and, uh, you know, tried to decide what games we were going to win or lose. I think the longer this goes back, uh, that gets pushed back, um, the better chance there is of us having to maybe revise that a little bit. Because, you know, when you're talking, um, you know, week one and going up against the Ravens, they're a little bit more seasoned team. And um, I think the advantage starts to push towards them as we get further and further through the summer without having had a practice. I mean, this team, um, you, you know, we have a new coach. We have it, everything's everything's new with the exception of some of our players, and, and even our players are relatively new. I mean, if you look at a majority of our high-powered offense, those guys have been with us. A majority of them have been with us under three years. Um, so uh, we really haven't had a lot of time to mesh. So I think the, the further we kick the can down the road, um, unfortunately, teams like ours are going to be at a disadvantage. And the advantage goes to, um, you know, veteran squads or squads that have been um, at least together a little bit longer than we have. And um, it doesn't bode well for us, but it doesn't kill us either because, um, you, you know, the, the other advantage we will have is uh, with youth is hopefully we still have our legs at the end of the season 
And, um, you know, maybe we can make up on the back end. But, I mean, the team like Pittsburgh is a team that's perfect. I think Pittsburgh, they benefit from this because, you know, it gives Ben more time to rehab, um, gives them a little bit more time to kind of get their stuff together with the new personnel that they brought in. I think they're probably a little bit better at onboarding people. So even though they had a lesser draft, um, they may be able to get up to speed a little bit. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's. It's definitely going to be interesting um, because the we're if we go into this year the way we went into last year in regard to how we um, treated our preseason games, we will get smoked. And, and I have to believe Kevin Stefanski is not going to make the same mistakes that we made last year, where I, I felt like last year we treated we treated the preseason as if we were the New England Patriots rolling in, you know, while <laughs> we had no worries in the world. And and that just came back to bite us in the ass. Um, you know, obviously at once the season did get started. So, yeah, I think from an offensive standpoint, it's really going to come down to whatever team, the offensive coordinator just has to really pare down that playbook at the beginning of the season. And, and even in camp this year, really just focus on, what is the core of our playbook? We're not installing 7 billion plays maybe that we have in the past. We're going to really narrow this thing down and we might install some specialty things for a couple of weeks, but we're not necessarily installing them for the season. It's, Hey, we're going to build upon what we have every week and put a new wrinkle in but that first few weeks of the season is going to be pretty vanilla, and it's just going to be, hey, we execute this well. Your defense has to stop us from what we execute well, and that's what it's going to be. I think the advantage is going to be a little bit to the defense early in the season because I think those playbooks are going to be a little smaller than they have been in the past. And we'll see if the Browns are going to be able to to manage that. You know, the defense, other than, <laughs> you know, the, the defensive line I think looks great. I'm not – 100% sold on the entirety of the defensive backfield. And and as we talked about last week, I have no idea who our linebackers are even going to be. Um, I think we could pretty much half our linebacker core has been grabbed up off the street, literally undrafted free agents that I'm a little concerned about that aspect of the defense. The Browns offense, we'll see. Baker's got to make the leap. I think it really just depends on that from, from that standpoint. So... So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about linebacker. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Taki Taki said he's going to fly around So um, in year two. So uh, I think we're set. Oh, well, I mean, if Taki Taki's flying around, then then we're good to go, and there's no need for us to worry about, about anything. Hopefully he's flying in the right direction. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, think, I think for us, you know, offensively, you talk about – you know, putting out that Dockers uh, wrinkle-free, uh, you know, offense. I, I think with a, a guy like Nick Chubb, um, you, you know, we have to seize on the advantages that a Nick Chubb brings us. I think early on. I mean, we we got to run and we got to pound that ball um, and keep it simple, um, just to just to get our feet underneath us and until we get comfortable. And and I think that's one of the benefits that we have over you know some other teams is that we certainly have we have a talented line right now and we have talented running backs um 
you know, that running back tight end base offense, you start from there. And then once people start crowding that box, trying to stop a running game, trying to stop the tight ends, that's when you can, you know, every once in a while throw that ball um, to our wide receivers that should be a little bit more wide open because everyone's so focused on on the run. But um, seems seems like a very simple strategy, but I think sometimes simple is better. And I definitely think that out, out of the gate, um, the teams that are keeping it simple are going to be the teams that are going to succeed um, in the current climate that we are in. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you. I think the the offense that Stefanski seems to be bringing and seems to prefer is a great fit for this team and a great fit for the situation that we're in. Hey, let's be a little run heavy. I know you know it's not necessarily the greatest thing from an analytics standpoint and and increased you know EPA, you know all of that stuff. But hey, let's let's get it and get the offense moving at least down the field a little bit, maybe open some things up for Baker. So as the states begin to open up, Tony, and teams are allowed to report back and players are allowed to report back to the facilities and and workouts are starting to happen. We haven't necessarily seen any hard dates for, for OTAs and mini camps come out yet. But with people allowed to go to beaches in states and, and restaurants opening up at, at 50% capacity, a lot of different places. Do you maybe see a tweak to what we talked about last week with, hey, maybe no fans at training camp where maybe we do have fans at training camp. Maybe it's limited to a degree. What are your thoughts on how you see training camp taking place for all the the Browns backers that are out there? I, I mean, to me, I, I'm going to hold – hold firm with the stance that I took last week that I, I think would be irresponsible to open this thing up to fans. And, and, and this is, I, you know, full disclosure, this is coming from someone who, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. I'm not that far over onto that side. <laughs> I'm someone who definitely believes in the fact that we need to open things up. Uh, I'm I'm all for you know stores, bars, restaurants uh, opening up, getting a haircut today. Um, uh, you know myself, um, I'm okay with all of that. But you you don't have five thousand people at Home Depot. You don't have five thousand people at the barber shop. I mean, in in not just five thousand people, but for I don't know, that first day, that first day, you might have had five thousand people at the barber shop. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But <laughs> but they um, well, with with the setup, the way training camp is, there's no way, there's no way to properly social distance. I mean, for anybody who's been to camp, I mean, you've got the bleachers set up, which you'd probably have to remove those to discourage people from sitting right on top of each other. There's like a little pathway. Uh, it's probably about a maybe a six six to eight foot. I don't even think it's eight foot. It's probably six foot wide pathway that goes all the way around the facility. Um, you, you put five thousand people on that. There's no way that for people to stay six feet apart. There's no way for people to social distance. So I, I just think you're better off without. You're better off just not having to deal with that stuff um, and just say no fans. Um, as we as we said last week, I mean, you've got a young team. You're implementing all this new stuff. Uh, there's just so many moving parts going on 
as far as getting the team ready. I think the fans would respect the fact that stuff needs to get done. And I think if the team, you know, put put that to the fans and said, hey, listen, uh, you know, we appreciate the fact you want to see us, but we got to get our work in. Um, I think the fans would respect that. Um, I would hope they would respect that. And and then you have opportunities, as we said, to bring in maybe smaller groups um, if you needed to for your, um, y- you know, your engagement with uh, sponsors and, and maybe even bring in a couple groups of kids um, here or there. But I just don't see a situation where we're opening this thing wide open the way it was before. That just uh, it wouldn't make any sense. It, and why? Why do anything that could potentially endanger your ability to field your entire starting roster? Yeah, and even now, you know, thinking about it, when uh, you know what we talked about last week with the, the sponsors, it's like, I mean, what are you going to do other than just bring them in and allow, allow them to watch? Because if I'm a player, I'm not going over and shaking hands. I'm not going over and, and signing autographs, you know, with that group. So it, it, it's really going to be interesting. And, and I would tend to agree with you that the the benefit, right, you're not charging. So you're not making a whole ton of money at camp. Yeah, you know, you're selling some sodas and things like that, you know, and and there's some merch. But but on the whole, it's it's not make or break. That's that's not even beer money. That's that's couch cushion money uh, for the Browns. So I would agree that I don't think it should be open. I don't know if the league's going to maybe make a mandate where they want maybe certain days open or something like that, or everybody to have a certain number of days. And maybe those are days where, hey, you go and you practice at the stadium and they open up the stadium and you have something there where maybe there's a little bit more of an opportunity for, for a social distance to take place. But I can't see it taking place at team facilities, especially at the facilities that I've been at, knowing the Browns facility, knowing the Dolphins facility, knowing the Buccaneers facilities. There's just not enough space for the fans to really, really social distance. And then there's not enough space for you to bring in. I mean, a partial crowd is going to be, you know, a couple hundred people. Maybe is that really going to be worth it? And maybe it is just done exclusively for the sponsors at that standpoint. But again, what are you going to get out of that other than watching a practice? Because you're not going to have any post event engagement other than maybe, Hey, we're going to hand a microphone to a player on the field and maybe we'll do a Q and a with them from a distance, but well, that's, and, that's and about I, it. And I think if you're, if you're in charge of any kind of fan engagement, fan relations, um, you got to look at, and, and I'll go back to that first day. I know it's an extreme day, but it's always the biggest day. That that first day of training camp for the Browns, I mean, there, there's 5,000-plus people there. Okay, so now if you decide we can't let 5,000 in, let's even say we're going to let 1,000 in. Are, are you going to risk upsetting 4,000 people at the expense <laughs> of pleasing 1,000 people? I mean, the math just doesn't work out. So you, you're you're better off. you're better off just not – like I said, it, let's treat everybody equally. Nobody can get in. Um, and, and then we, you don't have to worry about those fielding those complaints from people. You know, I drove all the way here from Seattle, Washington. My kid, you know, it, it they're out there. The stories are out there. People will be prepared to complain. Why deal with that? Because there are going to be so many other things um, that you're going to have to worry about. Um, why add that to your plate? Yeah, I think I think NFL Films just needs to, you know, NFL League Office needs to just ramp it up, and essentially you're going to do 
a, a quasi hard knocks for every team and just, you know, live stream it on every team's, you know, we talked about it last time. Just do that. Every fan, you can tune in every day and, and watch. We got four different cameras set up. You can watch the different fields or the different units going through their drills. And, and we probably not, we don't even have to have anybody mic'd up. You, you don't necessarily need that. You can't always hear everything that's going on when you're at camp anyway. You know, maybe if you want to have the head coach mic'd up and an OC or a DC or something like that, maybe you rotate a position coach, fine. But realistically, you don't even need anybody mic'd up. If you're going to go watch it, then you can watch it and you can see what they're doing. And that's that. And and you, maybe you get some ratings um, through the team's streaming channels and maybe the NFL Network picks up some, you know, hey, they rotate different days. They're going to have different teams for different hours. And, and especially with the time zones, right, you can have different teams rolling through different times and just kind of, you know, it's not like they have a whole ton of content right now other than backlogs of games that we've all seen before. So, yeah. you know, let's let's run that out and we can just stagger the starts for teams throughout the day. And, man, you could get 12 hours a day of different teams and you could just rotate teams a couple days a week. And, and you'd have a lot of content there. So I think that's probably their best option and, and a great way to engage all the fans without putting anybody at any of the locations, not just Cleveland, but any team's location in jeopardy and, and not putting any of those players in jeopardy. Because if somebody gets sick because of an interaction that happens at training camp and now they're not able to be there on opening day, those fans are going to be way more pissed off about that than they are about not being able to go to training camp, right? I mean, if, if Baker got sick and isn't able to start game one because of an interaction he had with somebody at training camp, Browns fans would be incensed compared to how, you know, moderately kind of disappointed they'll be because they're not able to go to training camp. Yeah, no, de- de- definitely. And, and so, I, I mean, I, I would say – they're most likely it will not be open to camp. If it is open or, or it will not be open to the public. If it is, it would probably be something that it'd be limited numbers, maybe one or maybe one or two. But it, even that, if you're going to open it up to the fans, do it at the stadium, I think, um, because that, that might, you definitely have more room to social distance. Um, you know, you could mark specific chairs that people could sit in or seats people could sit in. Um, and and then you've got the fans um, actually in the bowl, so you have that wall around, and then you can have the players. Um, I, well, I don't even know if that's a good thing. You know, I'm thinking in my head, like, the things that go on, is it good to even have the players signing footballs and throwing them into the crowd? We don't – I mean, if, if No, you, yeah, I mean, a guy may be sick. Yeah, I don't – I just think you're not doing anything. I think you're doing the – if you want to do something, you, you can do a Q&A potentially – um, where, hey, maybe you have people you know write down some questions as they're entering if you do something like that, and then you have uh, somebody collect them and, and and read them and then have a player answer them or a coach or you know a front office staffer that that's about it. yeah, because you don't want that exchange of of items. yeah yeah, well, and, and you know, and the one thing I will say, I did want to get this in you you know, as Browns fans, we are fortunate because, um, you, you know the one legacy that uh, that Sarah Kornikovich, who, who was our uh, you know video production person for the longest time, the one thing that she did leave behind here was the building the Browns. Um, that that show is 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 done very very well. The guys do an, an amazing job of putting that show together, and that has been one 
advantage that we have, and maybe we don't see it as Brown fans because um, we don't see what other teams, their content is, but trust me, the content in building the Browns that our fans have access to is far and away above, um, you know, what probably 80% of the league is feeding their fans. So, you know, we, we do get that inside look. Is it the same as, is being out there, being able to bark at the guys and being up against the ropes and the, you know, shaking their hand. No, it's not. But, um, you, you know, Hey, with when it comes to alternatives, it's a, it's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we should be fine. Yeah. I think, I think we'll be all right. And we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Maybe we'll have to, we'll have to hit up Kinder. Maybe we'll get Kinder on next week. Talk a little bit about his stuff. Been yeah. talking about that for a while, um, and maybe he can share some insights um, for the uh, what the Browns maybe plan to do or, or what how they're looking at the season as well. So I think that's all we have for you this week, Browns backers. Again, it's B- Believe in the Browns. Uh, we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Again, you can find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. And at Believe Podcast, that's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks again for tuning in, Browns backers. We'll talk to you next week. Chuck, Chuck. Air talky talky. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.